Thank you for joining us on Vagina Talks. I'm thrilled to have you here and I want to have you everywhere we are. So I want to invite you to come check out the Patreon. That is where you can support, become a member, join the virtual temple, get behind scenes, all the good stuff, support this podcast so that we can keep bringing you the medicine, the free flow, the real, 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 real talk. Would love to have you as part of the community over there. Consider yourself invited. Come on over. I'm Samantha Rise, and welcome to Vagina Talks, where we speak about, to, and from vaginas. This is a show of alchemy, where we turn poison into medicine, disconnection into wisdom, and isolated wounds into communal peacemaking. Here's your host, Sophia Wise One. You already know everything they can teach you. You already know everything they could say. We are here to remind you what you already, already, already know. I just want to take a minute to acknowledge that Vagina Talks understands that gender is fluid and dynamic and goes way beyond the binary of either woman or man, she or him, and that in fact it's a living and evolving thing that's actually personal, person to person, and that our bodies, even our understanding or the ways that we experience them can vary. It's important for me that that's something that has space here on Vagina Talks. And at the same time, I also am carrying this understanding that womanhood and the experience of the feminine and all of the female in the splitting of that binary has been injured, has been hurt, has been dismantled. And so I'm looking to have a space where the feminine and the female and the female body is reclaimed and respected and lifted and inspected and known, as well as a space that goes beyond the binary and that acknowledges that these are limited constructs mostly put upon us and that we're in the process of evolving into something more whole and more true. Just wanted to say that some of my guests will use incredibly binary language for whatever reason from the places that they come from. And I just wanted to let you know that Vagina Talks has a much wider understanding and it's a living one. So feel free to chime in as we go along. Without further ado, today's episode. Hello, beloveds. Welcome back to Vagina Talks. I am your host, Sophia Wise One, and I am grateful as always to be sharing this time and space with you. I wanted to remind you in case you didn't know that if you are interested in purchasing your own copy of I Love My Life card game and oracle deck, you can do that through my website, sophiawiseone.com. You can put your order in there and you can get your own deck and the game and the companion book and all the things that I'm constantly making reference to this beautiful body of work that has come through to be shared with you. You can put your order in there. Okay. For today's show, I'm very excited. We had a great little pre-talk before we got started today. Manika Sawyer is often described as one of the most joyful people you will ever meet. We immediately just saw each other and then just started laughing. It was just this like, hello, and like beautiful voices. Uh, Don't confuse her big smile or infectious laugh with naivete. Far from it. Her life has been filled with traumatic experiences that led her to show to such a low place that she nearly took her own life. 
We've heard this story before. It's a shared experience for many of us. For over a decade, she has used the lessons she learned from her own painful journey to help people ease anxiety, overwhelm, and stress so they can experience more joy, ease, and success. It feels good just hearing, doesn't it? In all areas of their lives. She is the best-selling author of the award-winning book, Choose Bliss, The Power and Practice of Joy and Contentment. Her work and joyous laugh have been featured nationwide on stages, radio, and TV, including ABC, CBS, Fox, and the CW. She has been around. She speaks all over the country on topics, including creating a blissful life and building blissful wealth. Monica, welcome. Oh my God, thank you so much (laughs) for having me on the show. Yay! Yay! We're here. I'm so excited. I'm I'm so excited. I feel like I don't even it's like I'm not exactly sure where to start. I just there I just it feels so rich. I'm feeling I'm just gonna check in with my body here and I feel it kind of right right in like right at the base of my pelvic bowl, this this kind of rich potential. And what's coming up for me to to ask to kind of have us start off is What's alive in your root right now? Like what is sitting right in you that is alive and ready to be shared, to be voiced, to be known? Mm, Such a beautiful question. So this might be a longer answer than you expect. You just go for it. (laughs) Like just we got I'm gonna lean back and just let you do some root magic. All right. Yeah. So I um, teach a workshop called the Blissful Real Estate Investor Formula, and I know that seems very masculine, and please forgive me if that feels weird, but I taught one this last weekend, and um, there's all women in the class, and there was this amazing it's never happened because I've never happened in all had an all female class and men really respond to this well too. So I'm not trying to be segregating, but just for me, it was a spiritual experience because what happened was we had all these people, all these women that just keyed into, Oh my God, this is what I need to heal my root. Like the conversations were so much about creating stability, creating security so that we could be our most powerful selves in the world. So teaching a class is, as you know, probably it's a challenge, right? There's two days where you have to be fully on. And normally after a two-day workshop, I'm just dead for like two days. I was so ignited, so empowered myself by the beautiful energy that happened in the workshop that I have been on fire myself. And what's interesting is that I'm feeling it all in my root, like way beyond what I teach. I'm feeling fully empowered (laughs) to build even more security, even more of this base for myself so that I can move into that second chakra and experience even more bliss, even more joy, like explode to the next level. And it's amazing. Like when you can teach a class and learn that much and grow that much and feel that intense grounding. I mean, it's just never happened for me before. And I feel so blessed that that happened. Congratulations. That's amazing. (laughs) I love my students. Thank you so much. 
much for yes. what you gave me, you know? Yes. Okay. So, right. So I just want to keep going. Talk to me about what the fuck stability <laughs> and structure are. Can we just like really get into that? You know, yeah. like what yeah. is that? That like, it's like, I can, it's like, I get this ache in the front of my body. Like, like what, what, what are you so awake and connected to and knowing that you want? Like, tell, t- tell us, what is this? What are these, what do these words mean? What do these words mean? Okay, good. So, um, so we all know that, so you do, um, pelvic floor massage, right? So this is the thing that you do. So you're working in the first chakra and the second chakra all the time, right? And the first chakra is all about stability, structure, confidence, foundation, trust, and it's the foundation of everything else that we do. So um, I come from a tantra background, very similar, but we talk all about the seven stru- the seven um, the seven chakras, right? And no chakra can fully come alive unless the chakras underneath it are stable. So this is like building a house. You build the foundation, but even before you build the foundation, you have to find a place to build. So you're not going to build, for instance, a huge mansion on landfill that's not yet completely stabilized, right? Thanks. Yeah. So, it, so it's <laughs> – all my stuff is about houses, right? So <laughs> You can tell where I'm at, but the, but the reality is if we, people think that the foundation is just building a foundation, the ground, the earth, the natural forces are our foundation. The same way as you can't build a house on landfill, we can't build our human presence unless we're connected to something bigger than ourselves. And specifically in this case with the earth. Okay. And then we build our personal foundation. So structure, stability is that foundation. How strong can we create our very base level at the root chakra so that everything else that we build on top of it is going to feel fully supported? So as, as human beings, what are some of those things? Those are our base needs. We need food, mm-hmm. sleep. Mm-hmm. housing, mm-hmm. sex, right? We need those things, right? And all of that is going to be based on how safe we feel. Mm-hmm. And as humans, we feel much safer, I believe, and there are people that would disagree with us, but money is a really, really big piece of how safe and secure we feel. It doesn't mean that you have to be super rich, but you have to feel like if you're not able to pay the bills, if you're not feeling safe in your environment, your focus is going to be so much there that we're not able to elevate to the next levels of joy and all the way up. So to love and then to the experience of connecting with the divine, it all starts in that base of feeling safe. And as human beings, especially in this culture, so much of that safety is tied to how we're feeling financially. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes so much sense. And one of the things that's coming up for me to kind of get, I feel like I I might be able to help clean up some of this. I can feel all the potential options about being like, what? I have to have money to be spiritually sound. And I just want to like slow down the potential mm-hmm. of what a brain could do with that and, and, and offer a little bit around that. Cause I love Thank every, you. I love everything you're saying. So 
what what money is or in terms of kind of having access or 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 a stable access that money is part of right has to do with having the resources to the life that you are living yes so the, yes, em- I the love em- that. right so the empowered life is you don't have to have a shit ton of money Mm-mm. if you live a life that doesn't need a lot of money right right like that's what we're talking about we're talking about being in integrity with the choices in the life that we're living and being supported to live that life So it's totally possible. This is why people can give up all their belongings and all of their everything and not need to acquire money. And they walk in this other way, right? So they walk Mm -hmm. as a pilgrim or something. And that there's an integrity to that because, you know, for, you know, for certain people, there's an integrity for that. For other people, it's a, it's a journey in which they learn they need to do something else, but that it's possible to, you don't have to be in the relationship of acquiring money to be um, solid in your foundation, you do need to be in in the reality, the material reality world of having the resources for the life that you're living and cultivating and the choices you're making. That's exactly right. Because if you're basing your choices on how much money you do or don't have, then you're not basing choices on the truth of who you truly are. Right? And you want to eliminate that um, it's like in a way, um, and I don't normally say it this way, but money can corrupt in the way that it takes away from our power and from how we truly want to exist and what we truly want to do in the world. And you're right. Some people, money isn't really a piece of the picture. They're, as you say, walking as a pilgrim. My husband and I backpacked around the world. We shut everything down and lived on very, very little for a little while, you know, um, just to have that experience. Um, and it was so enlightening and so freeing, you know, to not need stuff, you know, we're just, all we've got is what we're carrying on our back, you know? Um, but then there's the other side of that, you know, we also, we don't need to go into that whole thing, but the, but there's a whole range and spectrum of, of what that human experience is and how each of us fit into that and what we desire and want. Right. Yeah. Well, what comes up for me, you say it's so enlightening and freeing. And it's like, I know a lot of people who feel that way when they finally have to put in the work of this or that or do whatever, they get a job that they really enjoy that gives them a stable income. Mm-hmm. And they say, I, it's, it's such a relief. It's just such a relief. I just, I know how much money is coming in and it, it's, it's, it's how much I need to live this life. There's an ease and that in that there's a space for an enlightenment and a, and a, and a peace to take place as well. And I, 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 you know, one thing I might say here is that like to not confuse, um, having money or not having money as being the thing that causes enlightenment, right? No, no, no. That's not what we're saying. Like that's not what we're saying. We're saying the opposite of that, that we're talking about having, having a conscious relationship with our resources. Right. That is what's enlightening. The thing, yeah, just creating this feeling of safety. So as you say, you can open up the space now to focus on, on the more important things. That's that safety piece. It also feels like safety in a relationship when we feel safe and open, literally, right? Like I think about the, like the vagina and the vulva, you know, and the, you know, like that, like literally the, the blossoming, right? Of the Mm -hmm. yoni, this opening Mm -hmm. that like when we feel safe, we naturally open. Right. Okay. Keep going. I feel like you were like on a thing. No, that was kind of it. And I, I just love what you added in that we um, 
we have so many opportunities in this life and we have also so many opportunities to get stuck, you Mm. know, like as you're going up the chakras, um, each chakra gives us an opportunity for growth towards enlightenment, but it also gives us an opportunity for learning, which we feel as stuck. And so it's interesting to take a look at, for instance, the first and second chakras. And when we talk about money, are you feeling stuck? Are you feeling free and open and, and supported? Right. And then when you, when you're actually able to drop into that and be true, be, be, honest about where you are with that, then you can begin to structure that foundation in a way that will give you more of the freedom that you need so you can move up. And maybe you don't need any more, and that's awesome. But some of us, many of us do, because we're not aware of the spiritual relationship between paying attention to that and what what it makes possible for us, right? Yeah. I'm just kind of taking it. I'm just kind of taking it in. Um, yeah, I hope that wasn't too vague. But I don't. I don't think so. But do you want to say? Is there something else there you want to? No, that was. I mean, you feel good about it. Okay, I feel really, really good. <laughs> but it was really high level. <laughs> no, I know. I had that thought. I'm like, I, I, I think my, I think, I think my people got you. I think good, we're all right. Good, good, good. We're all right. Let us know. You know, that's like a. You can always let me know. Like, you know, I, you lost us. That's okay. But I don't think so. I don't think so. You know. What's coming up for me is I'm just so in a zone right now, just in a zone around power. And I just feel like it's such a shared space. Like, I I don't think I'm the only one who's in a zone about power. (laughs) I think a lot of people are. So it's probably not too played out to talk about it again. So, so just like, tell me what you know. Tell me what you know about power. About power? Yeah. Let me feel into that. Yeah. So <clears throat> power is not actually a word I talk about a lot. Yeah. I talk more about empowerment. So let's go through the journey from empowered to power to pa- the word power. Okay. So for me, when I talk about empowerment, empowerment is allowing each of those chakras inside of me to come fully alive, to fully open, for the flower to be receiving and sharing with the world Mm. in a way that's complete. So, you know, we talked about the first chakra, and then once that first chakra is stable, you build on the second one, then you build on the third one. Well, the third one is the power chakra. And that power chakra is really about how we present ourselves in the world and how we relate to the world. And what we um, what we present ourselves as, but also how we feel about our own ability to stand in our power and how empowered we actually feel. So first we're talking about structure, right? Which is the first chakra. The second one is all about bliss. And you know that my book is about bliss, right? So the second one is about bliss and playfulness and joy, creativity, creating, um, birthing, laughing, feeling joy, being playful. And then the next one that builds on top of that is who am I presenting in the world? Who, what, what is my power? What is my superpower that I can now present into the world? And then we move up to heart, right? But that, that power for me is about resting upon this foundation 
of stability, security, of allowing ourselves to be fully alive, fully creative, and fully in our joy, and then to present to the world as that whole complete person, as opposed to being needy, as opposed to having power plays with people, as opposed to trying to be something that you're not or positioning yourself for to for manipulation, um, as opposed to those things is being honest and true and creating relationships and connections in the world that empower you and empower the other person and allow you to be fully who you want to be on this planet. Did that make sense? Yeah. It feels good. <laughs> it feels good to yeah. hear. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. It feels really good. Again, I'm just, you know, it's, I, I feel it. There's this, there's a potency that you're really carrying. And I just, I'm like, li- I'm listening. I'm listening. <laughs> mm. You know, I mean, take us all the way, right? Like it feels good. Okay. So it's like, all right, I got my base. I got my safety. I got my structure. I got my stability. I've got my creative, playful, ecstatic, blissful. Uh, I've got my power. I've got my superpower. I got my clarity. I got my showing up in the world. All these things that I am, I'm showing up. Take us all, take us all the way up. Okay. You got it. Now let's move into our heart. So as, as, you know, first, so let me just explain a little bit about how the chakras work in the human cycle. Each chakra is, is, um, opened during kind of a seven year phase of our life. So for the first seven years as human beings, as babies, we're all about just how can I even be on this planet? Like regrounding, you notice that when a child is born, they're kind of like, really ethereal, right? They haven't really connected with the planet. So those first seven years are all about grounding and and connecting with the planet and creating a sense of security and safety. And then we move into, oh my God, like joyfulness and playfulness. Um, And really, I believe that children are little bundles of bliss, but really living into that on this planet, right? And then we move into heart and and um, we suddenly learn that we have to share with other people or not heart, but power. Now we're having to really share with other people, connect with other people and relate with other people. Suddenly it's not all about me, right? You and I were having this talk earlier. It's all about me, right? (laughs) But at some point we realize it's not all about me. And this is all the third chakra and this power and how we relate and how we stand in the world. And then we move into more of our, you know, later, now we're talking about compassion. We become a larger being that's not just about how do I relate to somebody, but what is the compassion that I'm bringing to the world? What heart, what is, what is my true purpose and how do I align with that? That all happens in the heart. Okay. Now we move up to our throat chakra. And now all of those pieces, because we're stable, because we're true to ourselves, we know who we are. We know how we stand in the world. We know about love. We're, we're wanting to experience and share love and compassion um, and make the world a better place and align with our purpose. Now we give it voice. And so now our, our next chakra opens up our throat chakra and we're starting to give it voice. And what's really interesting about the throat chakra is it's not just 
what am I saying? It's what am I hearing? You know, when you talk, are you talking about, you know, I ask myself questions, is it helpful? Is it true? And is it required? You know, but also, is that what I'm hearing? Is it helpful? Is it true? Is it required? What's landing for me? Or is it just noise? Right? So in both in both of those, what, what are you hearing and what are you saying? And then how are you now bringing it into the consciousness of your world? That's where we move into our third eye. This is sort of where we start to look at the spiritual realm, the in realm, the intuitive realm. And we're taking all this grounding and we're turning it into something bigger than ourselves. Mm. And then we shoot up into the universe and we allow the universe to feed us. Right. So now we've built ourselves up. We're open to the universe. We're sending out the alignment and all of that beautiful stuff that we have built within our humanness and our human body. Now we're open and then it reverses. So now the, the universe will feed us inspiration, knowledge, wisdom, gifts. And now we bring that through. Our intuition plugs it into sort of how we want to work in the world. We give it voice and we share it. We attach it to our compassion as a human being. And then we stand at it and in our power. And then we birth something and we give it joy and playfulness. And now we ground it and it becomes real and we take it to the world. So as we build ourselves up, we open the channel for the universe to send the big message through us. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Not only does it make sense, I just, I can feel it. Like just took, just took us on a journey. I just, that it's so exceptional that, that experience, this, this, like that reaching into the earth, that real, um, we actually talked about this in one of my uh, one of my back episodes about community acupuncture uh, with the my guest Sarah. We were talking about things that that we think are a theory and then making them real. Like when it right. becomes a real, like it's a it's a real thing. Like this is mm -hmm. a thing that just happened, you know. And so that that beautiful journey of coming into right this, and I. It's like I am also feeling a little bit of this resonance with this notion of empowerment into power, mm -hmm. this like empowering up and then this like with access to then this like use and ownership of power kind of coming in like this root in this 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 cycle. I also really felt myself walking through my life as you said that, like one mm -hmm. to seven, seven to 14, like 14 to 21, 21 to 29. Like I felt myself kind of going through that. Um, kind of that that phase, um, those phases through myself, as well as this internal experience of probably like all the micro macros. It probably happens every seven minutes, right? Like it's like every it's seven so months, true. every seven minutes, every seven seconds. We're like moving through uh, this this uh, rhythm, this cycle, right. Yeah. And it gives us, as we move through the cycle, micro and macro, right? It gives right. us access to, um, to sort of what we can, I keep saying what we can do in the world, but for me, it really is about impact, right? Like when we talk about power, the use of power for impact is really kind of where I come from, right? Is 
Um, all of those things are about making the world a better place for me, right? Um, so yeah, so that's why I keep coming into back to that about how do we use that? How does it affect us as human beings? And then, then how does it affect us in our, our journey through life? And then how does it affect the planet, the communities, all of those things, right? Yeah. Can you tell me about what this looks like or what this process experiences? I mean, you, you spoke to this, which is that when something feels stuck or blocked, that's an opportunity for learning. And mm-hmm. you, I, I kind of want to come back to that a little bit and 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 talk about what what is this what happens in this process when we're full of opportunities for learning mm-hmm. out of being being out of alignment, out of alignment, and what does that look like? Feel like how do we know? Um, mm-hmm. what do we do? Okay. So let's, let's, um, rewind just a little bit okay. and talk briefly about my book, Choose Bliss. Great. So, um, first I want to define the word bliss. Um, it's not about, um, having a million orgasms, although they help. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not about being stoned. It's not about, you know, there's all these ideas that people have about what bliss looks like. It's not about sitting in a yoga pose for three days saying, Oh, it's for me, although it helps, <laughs> although that helps, <laughs> right. all of those things help. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 but the, for me, bliss is um, this really deep sense of joy and connection and connectedness mm. and the confidence that you can handle anything that comes your way. Now, when I define bliss that way, can you see all seven chakras in that? I got distracted by all my feelings. Can you say... Can you tell can you tell us again what bliss is? Because I yeah. felt it when you said it. Tell me again. Yeah. It's a deep sense, a deep of, sense joy, of joy and contentment. And contentment. And connectedness. And connectedness. And the confidence. Oof, that's where you lost me the last time. And the confidence that you can handle anything. I can handle anything. In life. In life. That comes your way. That comes my way. Yes. That is bliss. I agree. Right? (laughs) I have experienced that and that is bliss. Yes. Yeah. 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 Like, and can you see how the seven chakras Mm. are all in that definition? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So, so now let's take a look. Are you experiencing bliss? Do I experience bliss all the time? Absolutely not. I'm the bliss queen and still no. But, but what it, (laughs) but what is true is that when I'm not in bliss, I know that something is broken. And then I go through which piece of that definition is feeling broken. Mm. And that will help guide me towards the chakra that may, may be blocked. And then I do work on that chakra. But there's also, you know, like way beyond sort of the spiritual practice, there's the day-to-day practice, the things that I do that create a feeling of stability and structure in my life so that I can then focus on the more ethereal, the more spiritual, and also creating more more of that stability for myself, right? So where, which I... uh, it's complicated to try to say this so quickly, but just where, where is it that I'm not feeling comfortable and safe? Okay. So let me give you, let me give you an example. 
There are times I have, I'm a very, very emotional person. So I can, ex- um, can experience ecstasy without any help, like literally just the emotion. Mm-hmm. But as, as much as I can experience ecstasy, I can experience deep, deep depression. Right? Right. So there's a huge range of emotions that I am capable of feeling and that I allow myself to feel. Why do I allow myself to feel those things? It's because I understand that my base equilibrium is in this place of bliss because I have, I do the things spiritually, physically, I have my practices and my strategies, right, that that allow me to feel this sort of ability to come back to this equilibrium. So I know if I go back down to these emotions that I have the tools to bring myself back up to this bliss equilibrium. And when I go to this place of ecstasy where I'm completely not grounded, I can also bring myself to this bliss equilibrium and reground myself in my life. Right. So what this means is, for instance, if I go to a yoga workshop and everything is it's a complete controlled environment and I go there and I'm like, oh, my God, it's amazing. And then I step back into real life. What happens for most people is they step back into real life and they're like, oh, my God, I can't sustain this because it's not a controlled environment. Right. But because I have a bliss equilibrium. I can come out of that environment, bring it into my life and utilize whatever I I have learned to maintain and improve and strengthen the bliss equilibrium. And I don't take a fall into my life. Right. So I'm able to come from either place. When I'm not able to come back is when I realize that there is something that's stuck that needs work. And that's when I start to key into where am I stuck? What's not working? Um, where do I need to focus? Right. So, um, so that's kind of what I was meaning is, you know, the, our chakras, we do get stuck. And when we get stuck and there's this place of learning, you still want to take the lesson, open yourself back up and get unstuck. You don't, I know so many people in our industry of this personal development thing or spirituality, spiritual growth, where they believe that staying in the lesson empowers them the most. So they, they're in a way, it's like, if I'm in pain, I'm learning and I'm growing and that's a good thing. Right. But as human beings, the second chakra is about joy. It's the foundation of who we are as human beings. And it's the foundation of spiritual growth. So staying in the lesson is not giving yourself the opportunity to grow to your very most powerful self because you're not moving to the next level. Joy and bliss is a place that we deserve to live. We have a right to live in, and it is the reward for learning the lessons, Mm. right? So don't stay in the lesson. Allow yourself to elevate to joy and bliss so that you can take yourself all the way up. Okay, so this is the thing where I think well said (laughs) i'm into it so i think people okay i may or may not be talking about myself when i say this at times okay but people also known as me um and other people that i've met okay when when you say that like staying in the lesson it reminds me of sorry hold on a second 
when you say staying in the lesson, it reminds me of that space where I can stay in a place of pretending I don't have clarity because once I have clarity, I have to take action. That's right. Right? Because and so it's you like- move up the ladder. That's right. And so that staying in the lesson is one way to maintain a norm, whatever that norm is. And so the amount of courage it takes to live and to accept and to step into bliss is one of the things that I am really into and one of the things that I didn't know I would be into until over years and years and years of realizing that it wasn't just the courage to feel my pain, it was the courage to let my pain pass and to let myself do something different afterwards, Mm -hmm. to let myself do something different, to be different, to do different, to think different, to know different, uh, to to live different, to have a different, to let my reality be different, the way that I perceive that no one else could change and everything was different, um, that 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 was the that's the courage and how quickly we can be and how reasonably, right? Like a big old hug to humanness, right? Like mm-hmm. how reasonable it is for us to like hold it down and be like, nope. <laughs> well, it's well, it's rewarded. Being unhappy, being uncool, being in the lesson is highly rewarded in our society. You know, people who are suffering get much more attention than people that are joyful. Um, and so as you, um, as you move out of the lesson, you move to that next place of taking action, being in a different place, now elevate it to the next level of choosing bliss. Bliss is a place that most people um, are even afraid to aspire to. So as you move up there, there's less and less social structure. Right. There's less social um, what do you say? Like, uh, encouragement and support. As a matter of fact, that if you get up there, people are like, what the, you know, things that people tell me all the time, you are not even connected to the world anymore. You are immature. You obviously have no idea how much suffering there is. Um, Mm. you've had a really easy life. Haven't you? It's easy for you to be blissful. You're rich. You know, these things, all of these judgments, because, So many people are so afraid to understand that this is our rightful experience, but it's lonely up there, at least for now. And my vision is that it's not going to stay that way, right? Yeah. But but even to go beyond the I'm doing something differently and I'm I'm marching to the the tune of my own drummer. Now let's go to the next level of my birthright is to be blissful. And through that bliss, I elevate myself and I elevate the world because that's the vibration that is going to take us as an, as an evolving species to that next level. I love it. So two things come up. One is, you know, you said people get a lot more attention that there's, it's it's rewarded in our culture. Mm -hmm. And I have a, I don't disagree with you. And at the same time, I have this like protective, like, like wave for people that are still in that space and that suffering and that there's a lot of shaming that goes on to that, that being in the Mm -hmm. pain or being in the lesson that like in certain worlds, you get credit for it. um, And you get like high fives and gold stars and like, oh, you're so whatever. And that in most circumstances, people that are really in that suffering space are isolated, shamed and self-shaming. And, Mm -hmm. um, and, and the thing that I want to say is that to not confuse 
<laughs> to not think that our cultural shaming comes from your circumstance. We have a culture of shaming. No yes, matter where you do. are, there will be the potential or the thread of this uh, rape shaming culture, shaming whatever experience you're having. If you're mm -hmm. healthy, if you're unhealthy, if you're mentally ill, if you are brilliant and functional, if you're poor, if you have tons of money. I mean, there's a million reasons to feel ashamed or to be culturally framed as um, needing to be shamed, no matter the circumstance. I just wanted to say that to kind of like give us all permission to be like, so go ahead and be. It's like uh, Michael Bernard Beckwith says, like, you might as well give in and be happy. Right. You know, it's like it's like if we if we know that, you know, it's like it's rewarded. What's re well, I feel like what's culturally rewarded is. um <sighs> And the reward is illness, right? The reward is unhappiness. The reward is isolation and living somebody else's life. But, you know, the reward is getting shamed for being who you are. Um, but you do get a lot of attention in that way. And that the more you step into your own space, the more people, you know, um, well, I don't want to say that. I don't know if I want to perpetuate that. I haven't had that experience in my life. I feel like I've mm -hmm. gotten more support and more, um, affection and um and attention as i let myself get uh healthier now i did get held more accountable and have more responsibility that's yes. very true i'm not gonna you know that like when i was weeping five times a day and could barely function uh people didn't expect as much from me um and so there was you know so that there there was some some change in that um and I wanted to say something else, but I can hear you. I can hear you. So go ahead. And I'll, well, I just change. wanted to say, you know, yeah, like I was saying, even in bliss, I'm shamed, right? right? People, 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 it, it's kind of our natural way of being. And I, and I don't absolutely do not want to imply that I believe that, um, that people are in difficult places and it's difficult because it really, really is, right? Um, but what I'm saying is more like when we have a conversation, you know, around the table or at the water cooler or at the coffee pot, whatever, people aren't normally saying, oh, my life is really wonderful and just talking about how wonderful everything is because people will roll their eyes and stop talking to them in, in general. People are often talking about, uh, it's snowing outside or right. commiserating. Oh, they're commiserating, right? It's a way that a lot of us humans connect is to kind of commiserate and support one another and show that I'm compassionate and show that I care and, you know, all of those things and to give each other the opportunities to do that, right? If I complain about something, I give someone else the opportunity to be supportive and feel good about themselves, Right. Yeah. So, so at the extremes, of course, there's a lot involved and I, I don't want to menialize that. Yeah. But what I am saying is that in, as humans, our nature is to commiserate, to, to come to the party of supporting each other through our trouble. And, um, and in a way that holds us back because it makes us embarrassed if we're having a really, really, really good day, you know, mm. or if the conversation is, and it often is for me, because that's kind of how I live. I want to talk about what is really working because you know what, if I talk about what's working, it's going to continue to work. and It's going to work even more. You know, that is my belief. Right. Um, but it's not an interesting conversation for a lot of people. Right. And so then they start to shame me in ways. Right. Mm. So that's all I was trying to get to on that.
No, I, I appreciate it. It's a, I mean, it's a great, it's a great piece. I think it's really, it's a really important piece when we're talking about, uh, saying yes to bliss, saying yes to our authentic self. And when you talk about this too, I also, I hear other voices and I'm not trying to like, like, uh, just in addition to what you're saying, there's also people mm-hmm. who are so sick of having conversations where they sit down with people and everybody just says the like, everything's going so great and my this and that and blah, blah, blah. And people being like, oh my God, there's no authenticity. And that right. the, the, the loneliness that happens in both circumstances and the isolation is that lack of authenticity, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. And what you're talking about and what I'm feeling from you is this permission to have your authentic experience and to celebrate the beauty of your life. Like, why is that so, why is that so shocking, right? And it is, and yet it is. Like, it's, it, it, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, being in bliss, like, I'm not, I do have really, really bad days. And when I have a bad day, I'm okay with expressing that I'm having a bad day. Yeah. You know, um, it is really about being authentic, but it's also focusing on, on, on the, so when I say choose bliss, I'm talking about choice. We can't control what's going on around us or to us or in the world, but we can control how we choose to respond. Right. Yeah. It's a choice. So when we're out there having conversations and living our lives and creating a vibrational environment for ourselves, we have a choice every single moment, every single day in every single conversation. So when you're talking about my blissful life, is it to make an impression, make everything sound good to Mm. manipulate the people around you, Right. right? right? Or is it because it's your true experience and it's because you want to continue to have that experience, right? Mm-hmm. If you are being in your authenticity or if you are making a choice about the kind of life you want to have and the life that you want people around you to experience, that's a very different thing than saying, oh yeah, everything's great. When in fact, you're not actually in that place. Right. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I really, yep. Something came to me, but now it's gone. Yes. Yeah. So that's kind of what I'm talking about there. I'm listening. Yeah. No, I'm done. (laughs) No, it's good. It's good. Um, Creating a vibrational ecosystem for yourself through choosing bliss. Right. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. Yes. And, and, and that, that, people around us may or may not join us in the party. Right. Right. And that that's just true, that there will be. And it's okay. And that's okay. That that's not a requirement. That's, that's not one of the requirements once we, once we step into this, um, once that's, that's the invitation. Um, yeah, I love it. I love it. I had one other thing that I wanted to say, at least that came up while you were talking about, you were talking about the power of bliss to create the world that we want to live in. Mm -hmm. And it reminded me, you're talking about the second chakra, reminded me of um, ecstasy, reminded me of tantra, reminded me of the ability to use uh, high vibrational pleasure, deep spiritual presence in that like bliss ecstatic state as a way to literally, not metaphorically, literally impact the reality that we are participating, our internal and our external. And I was wondering if you would speak to that a little bit. 
Yeah. Um, okay, so most of the people that have been, that are on this call probably have heard all the hype about the um, law of attraction, yes? I don't know. Some of them for sure. Okay. For sure, okay. some of them. So there's this, this idea um, with the law of attraction that there is this law that the universe will bring to you what you focus on, right? Um, and Tantra was the original creating the magnetism around that. So it's the original law of attraction, like the practice of the law of attraction. And I believe that when I'm talking about bliss, I'm talking about creating that natural, energetic human magnetism that attracts good things into life. And it also projects good things into life. And so our energy system, our energy ecosystem becomes our aura. And that aura goes out into the world and it affects the people that come in contact with us, right? And then that expands because each of those people are now affected in their aura and that expands into the world also. The true magnetism happens in that second chakra because the second chakra is all about attraction, creation, energy, vibrancy. Our sexual energy is our most powerful God-given force. And when you are able to utilize that in a way that is divine and beautiful, you become more magnetic. And that beautiful magnetic energy that's very, very high vibration is then sent out into the world also through you. When you are able to do it consciously, you're able to affect more and more people, the, the general vibration around you, and that then extends into the world. The more of us that have a higher vibration, we, are, we become like um, hubs or pillars on the planet where we connect one another, one another, one another, as we encompass the world with this higher vibration. Did that answer your question? Yes. Okay. It was an answer to my question. <laughs> I'm satisfied. Good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, is there anything else that's like brewing in you that's like, as we're having this conversation that's coming up, maybe I haven't asked or made reference to, but I know that happens to me sometimes when I'm like, I'm going, like maybe it's a little bit off subject or maybe it's on subject, but I wouldn't, you know, I'm just kind of. If you were going to interview yourself right now, what question would you ask yourself? Yeah. Actually, I have to say you've asked amazing questions and we've talked about things I hadn't anticipated talking about. So I'm really appreciative of that. The thing that I, um, I just really want people to get through this conversation is that we have so many opportunities and in so many ways to make a choice. We have the physical opportunities of what we're going to do and how we're going to respond to any particular situation or circumstance. We have the energetic opportunities to build that pillar of perfection, which is what I call our chakras, to magnetize ourselves, to raise our vibration, to create 
the strength energetically so that those actions that we take in the world are more towards building the bliss that we deserve to have. Um, there's so, you know, fit our physicality, our emotions, our mental capacity. There's so many places that we can make a choice to empower our own lives. And when I wrote the book, Choose Bliss, and when I'm on every single podcast, this is the thing that I want people to get, is you are in choice. It may not feel like that. It may feel like things just keep happening. Things just get wrong, go wrong. Luck has something to do with this, right? There's all these beliefs that we have in our lives. But the truth is that we are at choice, not at choice of what happens or how lucky we are, at choice of how we respond. And that response takes us down the path towards bliss because you feel empowered because you know you are at choice. You're not a victim. You're not at the mercy of the world and other people. Does that make sense? Love it. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it definitely makes sense. It's obviously your like heart song. <laughs> yes, right. You know, you can't I mean, tell I'm passionate about this at yeah, all. No, right? I can't. I can't. I know you're kidding. Um, yeah, no, it's I can, and it's it, that I I remember. I was just thinking about this the other day. I remember when I was uh <laughs> when I was uh no nineteen and I dropped out of college, um and uh and picked up a bunch of odd jobs. One of my odd jobs was um driving was like a driving a high school student who went to a special school far away in the morning at an end in the afternoon. And I remember having this conversation and and the, it being total, this is where the word, this is that term like download. One of these like conversations where it was like, all of a sudden I was just like in it, you know, and like saying the thing and like telling her this message. And meanwhile, I'm like listening so closely to this message coming out of my mouth. You know, a lot of my teachings, a lot of my lessons were delivered to me threw me on the behalf of someone else. You know, it's like we teach what we need to hear. So having this moment, and I just remember saying to her, it's nothing, our life is nothing but a series of choices that we either make or miss the opportunity to make. It's like there is no make this choice and then you won't have to make another choice. And I think for people who are really sensitive or um, uh, have been told for whatever reason that they aren't trustworthy or that they are shouldn't be responsible or whatever kind of litany of list of voices of why it's not a good idea, we can pretty early on get this idea that like, it's not good when I have to make a choice. You know, like it's not good when I have to make a choice. And so it's like, it's not, I shouldn't be the one making a choice. Like I have to make this choice. I'll just make this choice and then the choice will be over. And then I can like go back to living my life where I don't have to be the one making choices. And so this, this, just I remember that that message of just like that's not a deal. It's just choice after choice after choice, and then you give up your bag of bones. Like that's just it. And that that's you know, and and Eckhart Tolle, the Power of Now, the author of Power of Now, says you know we we like you know that there's again the law of attraction or the spiritual new age world. This notion of that we're like choosing to be in this bad circumstance or something. And one of the things that he said that really has stuck with me for all this time is that we can't make a choice if we're unconscious and we're just running a pattern. 
That's not a choice. We're just doing the same thing we always did. And that's why being present and all the practices that you made reference to, like all of the ways and like the name of your book, the power and practice of joy and contentment, like the practices that we do that allow us to bring a presence of mind and and an understanding into the moment so that we know this is when we make a choice. Like this is when we make the choice. And then, and then we, and then we get to make a choice over and we get, and the more we do that, the more choices we get to make. So back then in high school, I thought I was making a choice every three weeks. Now I realize I'm, I'm making, I don't know, 5,000 choices a day. Right. Right. And you know, the reality is that, um, not making a choice is also, also a choice. A choice. <laughs> so real. Right? So you get, real. You, you just turn that, that you've made a choice to give the power to somebody else. That's it. That's all that is. And, and, you know, I'd like to add one other thing is this fear of responsibility. I remember, um, I've had so many conversations with people and they're like, I did not choose this. I am not responsible for this. And, and it's, it is easier in a lot of cases to feel victimized, you know, because, because emotionally it's safer there. Right. Um, but the choice again is not about what's happening to you. It's about how you're responding. Right. So if you're able to take responsibility for how you're responding, that's, that's the empowerment. It's not that you're responsible. You know, in my case, it's not that I'm responsible that I got raped. Right. Right. That was not, it's not my fault. No. However, it would be my fault if I decided that I hated all men and I was going to be mean to them for the rest of my life. And I was going to be a bitter whatever because somebody hurt me and did something horrible to me. Right. Right. Instead, the choice can be that sucked. And now what? What is my relationship with men going to be from here on out? Because of or in spite of that experience, I'm at choice, right? Um, Do I give my power away to the rapist and allow him to ruin my life by making me bitter? Or do I hold on to my power and understand that, okay, I never want to experience that again. I I want to be queen in my relationship. I want to be loved and cherished and never have to have that experience again. And, and I am, I mean, my husband, oh my God, I have been cherished for 24 amazing, beautiful years, right? So my response is what I get responsibility for, right? Not the event. And taking that responsibility puts me back in power as opposed to keeping me a victim. It gives me hope because that means I can affect my future rather than I'm a victim to circumstance. Thank you. Yeah. That's a great distinction. And yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this this topic of choice is such a big one, and it's really controversial, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I love that we're having this conversation. Thank you for that. 
You are welcome. <laughs> I love having you in this conversation. <laughs> yeah. I just, I really, it reminds, I kind of, I feel like it wraps back to that first chakra place that we talked about where it's like, it's not about being responsibility, being responsible for, or like this outside, um, it's like, I don't have control over or power over like this outside thing, this notion of structure and stability, this, this place of being really present with, I know I'm not saying anything. Okay. <laughs> I can hear, I, I can hear myself talking right now. Um, it, what I saw in that moment just now was, the responsibility for our own response, right? Our own experience and how to do that well and to be in integrity with that, we have to be aware and attentive to the reality or the manifested reality, the form reality that we're exhibiting. For you to take full responsibility of your experience and processing of your rape, you had to look with open eyes and courage and recognize all of the factors that were there in terms of that experience and be able to say, this was not my fault, right? To own that, that, that you couldn't control that circumstance, but you could accept that that's what it was. And through that acceptance, even the, 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 harmful ones. It's through the acceptance of our reality that we have the opportunity to be responsible to ourselves, that we can't do that. And it just reminds me of the conversation that we we're having earlier in terms of structure or money, that if we are trying to have a reality outside of us, but we're not taking responsibility or we're telling ourselves a bunch of stories on the inside or vice versa, how unstabilizing that is, you know? Right. 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 And, you know, and it's interesting um, talking about responsibility for money, let's say. Yeah. So we, um, I loved what you were saying about some people really just don't need a lot of money and they like, they're pilgrims, right? And there are also a lot of people that say that they're, that they are those, that, and they are in fact not, they would much prefer a very comfortable life. Yes. Right. Yes. So the reality of who you truly are is also important and taking responsibility for that. There's so many people that are like, oh no, I would be totally fine being a pilgrim when they want to be wealthy because that's what they, how they were brought up or because they want that comfort and they're scared and shy to say it, or they feel like there's a stigma or it's dirty or whatever. Right. And they're not being honest about who they are and what they really want in their life. Then let's take it another step okay, I want to be rich, but I'm going to marry a rich guy, which woman, which whatever, right? Uh-huh. That'll take care of me. Instead of taking responsibility for, this is what I want. I can take action and create it and empowering yourself. Now I can do it in partnership. It's going to be easier, funner, whatever, but I can take responsibility for that piece. And you know what? I can choose. I want to be wealthy or I am really, really happy having a job and knowing that my bills are paid and then just not focusing on that anymore. Or I want to be a pilgrim. Money doesn't mean anything to me, but be honest. And then 
make the choice again to take responsibility for how you're going to create that stability in your life without turning it over and giving the power to somebody else. Yes, that. Yeah. (laughs) So even on this topic of money that so many people feel is dirty or taboo or what, I don't want to talk about it. I can't believe we're having this conversation along with this spiritual thing, you know, like it's not connecting. It's all connected. It's all connected. It's all the same thing, right? It's about our choices. It's about our responsibility. It's about our capacity. It's about creating stability. It's about growing ourselves through our chakras. It's all of it together. It's all the same topic. And it's the same thing in terms of like, you know, someone who has lots of money, but no, they want to be a pilgrim or someone who has a lot of money, but their relationship to it is is uh is that of obsession or finding worth like it, again we talked about yes. the like it's not the amount of money that we're talking about it's this relationship to our reality and being willing to talk and not just to like talk about like reality but be like no the reality of money in your life <laughs> like don't be like no dollar bills like yeah point zero zero cents like what are we talking about like being willing. It was one of the most liberating things that my wife and I did when we I, we moved to um, New Mexico and I did this really beautiful business launch. I like did this whole thing and it totally bombed. I mean, it just, it was just, it was terrible. I have a whole blog post about it. It was terrible. It was just pictures of me and my PJs just like, oh, this is terrible. It was just so bot- rock bottom. Like, what did I say to people? I was like, you know, that time when I moved to New Mexico had no money, had no business, had no friends and like didn't. And it was like, it was like, remember that time? Yeah, that time. That was, that was January. Um, it was, I mean, it was great. It really was. And I could see even then the gift of what it was. It was rough, but I could, I could see straight through it as, as the gift of what it was at the time. And, um, and what it was, we had made all these plans and I was going to do this launch and then I was going to have this money and I didn't have the money. So it initiated this practice of my wife and I getting really clear about money, which we had not done before. And we built a spending plan and then we started using mint.com and we started tracking all of our money. And it took months for us to be able to have a money date that didn't turn into like a fight or crying or somebody like walking away because it was just the details. It was just the minutia. It was a power play. And responsibility and transparency and just all this stuff, you know? And then um, and then as the months went by, now it's like one of our favorite things to do. We're like, oh, we had to reschedule our money date. When's it going to happen? You want to do it Sunday afternoon? Like it's like this whole thing because it's so, it's so grounding. It's so clear to just see, to know, um, you know, and done different things at different times when we had different amounts of money and this and that. And what happens if we pull this money back and spend this money here and you know, and it's, it's just like, because it's an exercise, it's this, it's, I really love that phrase at choice. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, being at that place and being willing to get just really transparent with your reality, whatever it is. Um, and, and that it does, it creates responsibility. Like it definitely, I used to, I, what did I call it? The gray zone, the like way we like, the, like treat our money, like keep our money in the gray zone. Like, oh, I don't have money for that. Oh, okay. But I'll just spend this money because I have some money. And the way that we do that with our emotions, our relationships, our body, what we eat, um, you know, all of these things. And so you talk about structure, you know, and it's just for me resonating so much this notion of stability and structure. Um, being foundationally key to be able to really amp up and move, you know, longer, like a, 
larger amounts of um, vibration, power, velocity for me. It's like I got to shift that. There's, you know, there's so many people that are really wealthy that are really unhappy and really unconscious, right? Um, and so, so money does not buy us happiness. Money does not make us good. Money does not make us more conscious, right? Right. The thing, but the thing is this: that um, it is an amplifier of who we are. If you're a good person and you have a lot of money, you're going to do a lot more good in the world, <laughs> I believe, right? But here's the other thing. I just love, adore what you just said, because here's the thing, the way that we, and this might sound trite, but the way that we do anything is the way that we do everything. Mm -hmm. So if you're able to be conscious about money, if you're able to have the conversations in a joyful, impactful way, if you're able to ground the reality of where your money is and what your life can be, what you, how you want it to support and amplify the beauty in your life. If you're able to do those things around money and it's really, really, really hard, it's really hard for people to do that because of all the, the weird cultural um, things that we have wrapped around money. But if you're able to do it in a beautiful, transparent, open way, understand that it's an energy and a tool even a gift. Mm. Now that practice can be transferred to the other areas of our life. So emotional, how are we managing our emotions? How are we managing our relationships? How are we managing the way that we eat? How are we managing our spiritual practice? Those skills that you develop around money we're highly motivated because the re- it's the reality of how we can live. It's also a huge challenge because of all that other gunk wrapped up in it culturally. Uh-huh. But if you take the effort to create those skills, those skills now transfer to everything. Right? Yeah. And they will. And it imp- <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, creating a budget. We create a budget on what we eat. We create a budget in how much we open in our relationships. Mm. We really just do. Mm. We don't do it consciously, but we do naturally, right? Oh, that's so real. <laughs> that's so real, Monica. It's so real. <laughs> we totally do. Yeah. Oh. So learn to do it consciously. Yeah. Empower yourself that way, right? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Well, I feel great. I feel like moving towards our closing questions. You feel available for that? I do. Awesome. Um, so second to last question is, darling, uh, people want to communicate with you. They want to work with you. They have a question. They want to reach out. They want to find you on social media. Where do you love to be uh, connected with? How do you like to be connected with people? What's Where, where do they go? Okay. So, um, I do love to get emails. I love to hear people's responses. Um, their, their emails usually open up so much in me. So I love it. They can email me at Monika, which is spelt M O N E E K A at core bliss life. So that's living bliss from your core C O R E bliss B L I S S life 
com. So that's how you can email me on social media. I love to chat with people on Facebook. So you can meet me, uh, reach me at Monica Sawyer. Sawyer is S-A-W-Y-E-R, like Tom Sawyer. So Monica Sawyer on Facebook. And I'm also Monica Sawyer on um, Twitter. So you can reach me there. Um, if you want to get my book, Choose Bliss, the power and practice of joy and contentment. That is my true heart's work. Mm. Um, and that you can get on Amazon. You can get a Kindle version or a paperback. So that's also a possibility. And then, you know, we've had so much conversation today about the first chakra and stability. I do want to offer people an opportunity to find out how I have built my own wealth, my own stability. And when I was talking about that workshop and the way that it brought my first chakra alive, an opportunity to kind of look at that as a possibility for themselves. And um, so I offer a free report about sort of um, how I view um, money around bliss and how I have chosen to build my own foundation of wealth. And they can get that at blissfulinvestorreport.com forward slash vagina talks. So blissfulinvestorreport.com forward slash vagina talks. And that's kind of my story on how I've done what I've done. Awesome. Thank you. That sounds like a really great, all your work just sounds like some awesome resource. Um, great. Okay. So our, our closing moment Monique, I invite you to take a couple breaths and to tap into this reality that you believe in, that you know, perhaps that you already live in, that you are manifesting, bringing into being. And, you know, the phrase, um, if I don't know if you know, I've heard it before, but if you don't know where you're headed, you might end up where you're going. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm inviting this, these closing stories, these moments to share to help us get clear about where we're going. Not where we're headed, but where, where do we want, like, not like where, like where, we, to get clear about where we're headed, where we want to go, as opposed to where we naturally are going. So to just take a minute and to paint a piece of that picture, a thread of that tapestry, what's the world that we're, we're birthing? I see a world of choice, of people taking responsibility in a way that elevates them spiritually and elevates their personal vibration. Because as each of us elevates our vibration, we come together in the world, elevating everybody else around us. So a world where we are at choice and we take responsibility for our own vibration I see us in a world where we are open to receiving and allowing love, money, bliss, and all those things that support that elevation of our vibration. I come from a place of Tantra where we talk about the masculine and the feminine. And so really allowing ourselves to be both. So from a feminine perspective, because I am a woman, we are in such a masculine environment where there's, it's all about focus and pushing and achieving. So 
from my perspective, it's allowing those things to be a supportive, good piece of who we are because the masculine exists inside of women also. So taking, taking that, but also moving back to the feminine and allowing what is naturally the default behavior of the feminine, which is to receive and to allow and to create and to be in choice in both of those parts of who we are. That's what I see. Thank you, Monica. And thank you for being with us today and sharing your passion and your bliss and your insight and your perspectives. And this has just been a total joy. And I feel like I've been stirred a little bit, taken in your your wisdom and your lived experience and your honesty, your transparency and your courage. And uh, this is really great. I want to thank my listeners, give you a shout out, blow you a kiss only if you want it. It's just a, it's an offer. It's just a, if you want it and uh, you don't have to take it. And, uh, and thank you. Thank you so much, Monica. Thank you for being here. Oh, this is such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much. And thank you, Sam. Thank you, Sophia. (laughs) Remember, everything that we talked about in today's episodes will be in the show notes. So go there for links. For more content that you're going to love, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to this podcast. Share this episode with anybody you think you'll enjoy it. And share the love with a rate or review wherever you listen. And to find out about all the mad adventures I'm up to, check me out on Instagram at SophiaWiseOne uh, or come to my website, SophiaWiseOne.com. I am Sophia Wise One, daughter of the wind. I am calling you to rise up, rise up, rise up, rise up and take your place. Thank you, gorgeous. I am thrilled and grateful for your support listening to this podcast. I want to invite you to come check out the Patreon. If you think this podcast is the bee's news and you're grateful that it exists, I want you to know I'm grateful that you exist. Come join the Patreon. I call it the temple. We are healing. We are musicking. We are podcasting. We are together. Come check it out. You can find it through Patreon backslash Sophia Wise One or through my website, sophiawiseone.com. Oh. <laughs> Y'all know you need to hear that though. You know. If you don't know, now you know. If you don't know. Okay. You know. Yo, I'm so excited about Vagina Talks right now. Don't pretend like you don't know this is the best podcast you've ever listened to. Don't pretend like you don't know. You know.